a bizarre conspiracy I just stumbled across just now. And then we travel to Moorhead, Minnesota to visit Concordia College. The girls' dormitory is usually full of beautiful young co-eds studying for classes and getting ready for school. But according to some women, it's also a place haunted by an alien reptilian spirit. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. You know, I was just, I, I, I come up with conspiracy theories quite often. Come up with conspiracy theories myself all the time. And sometimes they're valid and sometimes they're ridiculous. Now, this first story we're going to talk about, it started off with something that was ridiculous. Honestly, it was ridiculous. And I started looking into it and I said, maybe if there's, let's see if there's actually something here. And I started looking into it. So let's go, though, to really explain this. We're going to magic school bus this. Bing! We're on the beach. Whoa, what? How are we doing here? We're all of a sudden wearing our swimming clothes. So I'm wearing shorts. You're wearing whatever you're wearing. I don't know. I'm not going to pick. I'm not you're not your mom. I'm not going to pick out your wardrobe. You're wearing swim clothes. And we have a new Patreon, Lambie. Lambie, thank you so much for supporting the show. Really, really appreciate it. Lambie will be the lifeguard for this episode, making sure none of us swim too far out into the sea. But I'm like, come on, guys, let's go. Splash, splash. You're like, dude, it's super cold. I'm like, no, 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 let's swim, let's swim. And after you guys end up rescuing me, after I black out because I'm not a very good swimmer and I'm in the high tide area, you guys have to pull me back onto the beach. And uh, as Lambie has to do CPR on me, I will finally come back alive. And I'm like, okay, that was a bad idea. I'm not a strong swimmer. But I wanted to find this. And I hold up. This is a really convoluted intro for what this is about. I hold up a plastic drinking bottle. Like a plastic soda bottle, right? And you're like, everyone's kind of standing around. I'm like, hey, hey, Lambie, don't don't quit doing that sweet, sweet CPR. Give me some of that mouth-to-mouth. So while Lambie is still giving me mouth-to-mouth, I explain this. I've had a conspiracy theory. I think recycling is a crock. I don't believe that recycling... I think, there's a, I think it's a scam. Now, I recycle, but I still think it's a scam. I think that a lot of stuff is labeled recycling but it's just to make people feel good about buying it i have a story coming up and i don't want to give it away because it's a really interesting story but i know for a fact that some stuff is a a scam with recycling but we'll talk about that in another episode because that involves paper today we're going to mainly focus on plastic you're like jason how many how many episodes do you have planned about your recycling is a scams conspiracy. Well, here's the thing. I think it's a scam. I think... Now, here, and this is actually a good insight into the mind of a conspiracy theorist. Because I will never claim, ever claim, that I am a super smart person. I think I have fairly average intelligence. I will never go out and co- and, and proclaim that I'm super smart. I'll say I'm smarter than my brothers, of course. But... I won't. I don't think I'm smarter than you. And, and to be fair, you're probably not smarter than me. I think we're most humans are average. But a key to being a conspiracy theorist is having very limited knowledge of what you're talking about. Like when people talk to me about conspiracy theories involving film, predictive programming, the way the mind works, sociology, and stuff like that, I dismiss that. I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense. 
because I've looked into all that stuff, I find myself more educated in, I don't, not psychology, but basically like armchair psychology and sociology and stuff like that. I've looked into that more. So when people come at me with that stuff, I'm like, no, that, that this doesn't work because of these things. I know nothing about the science of recycling at all. So it's very, very easy for me to just come up with the conspiracy saying, ah, it's a scam. It's a scam. And that's, that's a way that we have to look at people who believe in bizarre conspiracy theories, like the one I'm about to say. People who believe that we didn't land on the moon tend to be very distrustful of the government and the media and also don't really have a good grasp on how geometry and physics and astro- astronomy and all of this stuff works together and how it's it's no different than us launching galleons across the ocean. They're, they're, they're both these huge feats of human engineering. People believe that we didn't land on the moon. You'll never meet a person who says, oh, I don't believe that cruise ships exist. Like, I think that everyone's... I don't think there's anything outside of America. I think the ocean just goes on for forever. You Actually, that's an interesting conspiracy theory. I wonder if, people, if you can find people who believe that. But there are people who believe we don't land on the moon. Those same people will believe that a Carnival Cruise Line ship exists. But if you went back 500 years, you could probably find people who would say, what? No, Christopher Columbus, that, that's just a myth. No one's ever built a ship that big. Nobody's ever crossed the ocean. It doesn't make sense. It's fake news. Fake news. Fake wood carvings. So I know nothing about recycling, and it's really easy for people who don't know something to develop a conspiracy theory about it. This is the reason I, I believe uh, recycling is a conspiracy theory. It's, I think it's a crock. I shouldn't say a conspiracy theory. You, so I buy a bottle. I buy a clear bottle of Coca-Cola. I drink the Coca-Cola. I throw the bottle into the recycle. Now, here's, here's really where I got my conspiracy theory. You remove the bottle cap. You throw it into the garbage can. And you're supposed to remove the cap because it's supposed to be a safety thing. So basically, you are recycling the bottle, but the cap itself is almost as heavy as the bottle, if you think about it. Like, yeah, the bottle's bigger, but the cap's very heavy, and you can't recycle the cap. So you're recycling only half the plastic in the bottle. If recycling was real, if bottle recycle Now, now, I'm going to tell you this. I looked this up. I looked this up, so I can already tell there's a couple of people pulling their hair out right now. If recycling is real, if you can really recycle a bottle, you should be able to recycle all the plastic, not just half of it, because that lid is so heavy. Now, you're like, Jason, this isn't really your first segment, is it? Well, here's the thing. I looked it up. They have now developed the technology, like super recently, to be able to recycle both the bottle and the cap. They wanted you to take the cap off, throw the bottle into the recycling. They melt that down, and then, like, the cap, she kind of just threw in the garbage can, but that's still a ton of plastic. So recycling companies have said, oh, we figured out a way to do it. Now, the articles I read, this might be a conspiracy theory, but they didn't say how they know how to do it, just that they can do it. Mm -mm. Still suspicious, but that's not what this is about, because that's a stupid conspiracy theory. I can guarantee you that if I spent more than 20 minutes looking into it, I could find out, one, that the cap doesn't have as much plastic as the bottle. They just... The cap does seem awfully heavy, but thats it's a stupid conspiracy theory. I do believe... I still believe recycling is a scam. I do believe that. And again, it's a look into the mind of a conspiracy theorist at heart. The funny thing is, you can't really debunk this because you hear how scattershot it is. I've kind of touched on four different topics. If I was super serious about this the way people are super serious about Flat Earth, it would be really hard to argue logic into my head 
Because I would just keep changing. Oh, no, if you argued, well, that's not the same amount of plastic, Jason. You're just, that's a weird, <laughs> that's just not true. You're making the same, it's not true. I could pivot to, well, how do you recycle a Mountain Dew bottle, which is green, and then this other bottle that's clear. And you can keep pivoting. That's the other thing. If you've ever argued with a conspiracy theorist online or in real life, it's entertaining and frustrating. It's entertaining because they're just hilarious to be around, and it's frustrating because they just keep pivoting every time you hit a target. And then once they get to something you can't answer, they go, mm-hmm, that's what I thought. Or they'll always just go, I'm just asking questions. So I'm just asking questions about the recycling. But that's not what this is about, actually. I did find a legit conspiracy theory involving bottles and bottle caps. You're like, damn it, Jason. I thought you were going to move on to the next story. No. So I will eventually. As I was doing this research, quote-unquote research, I found this thing. They had this in 2017. I'm sure they've done it in other years. I don't think they're like, done and done. Our work is done. They had this thing called the International Coastal Cleanup. People all over the world were walking along the beach, picking up garbage. Number one thing picked up, and I've heard this before, cigarette butts. Whenever you hear about that island of trash out in the middle of the ocean, it's like a a four-mile or five-mile, whatever, it doesn't matter, big floating island, it's mostly cigarette butts. Cigarette butts is the number one contaminant they're finding. Anyways. Number two was plastic bottles. But number three, so here, let me get you, get you the numbers here. You're like, damn it, just tell us a ghost story. I'm getting to the ghost story. This is trippy. This is trippy. Number one, cigarette butts, uh, 1.8 million. Number two, plastic beverage bottles, 1.5 million. 1.5 million for a plastic bottle. Plastic bottle caps, 822,000. So we're looking at a difference of around 700,000 more bottles than bottle caps. Now, I know what you're thinking. (laughs) I know what you're thinking. Jason, didn't you just say people remove the bottle caps from the bottles to recycle them? And so it would make sense that you were finding more bottles than bottle caps. That's true. However... Isn't it, this is, they didn't, they didn't go to a recycling center and go, hey, look, there's more bottles and bottle caps. They're walking along beaches all over the world, all over the world. And that is a vast difference between the two. So they put out a fact sheet, the International Coastal Cleanup people put out a fact sheet. And based on, it's broken down by country. We have countries that have 46,000 bottles they picked up and 41,000 plastic bottle caps. That is realistic. Because, again, you could figure a good amount of them were people leaving them in their car or whatever. You figure bottles washing up on beaches, but still, they should be relatively close. We have countries that have 76,000 plastic bottles found and only 27,000 bottle caps. In America, 225,000 plastic bottles picked up off the beach. 76,000 bottle caps. And to make things just even more bizarre, they could get any weirder. There is a country, I can't really read the PDF, so I'm just reading all these numbers. One country, 11,000 plastic bottles found, 15,000 plastic bottle caps. So, here's... This is... this. It, it, the math doesn't add up. There is something going on with plastic bottles. I don't know if recycling is a scam. <laughs> Really? Even I, it's hard for me to keep a straight face when I say that. Even though when people tell me about recycling, I'm always like, eh, 
They're like, dude, you need to recycle. I'm like, ah, <laughs> just throwing paper in the garbage. I mean, I recycle, I recycle sometimes, but like, I don't go out of my way to recycle. But, but I do think, I think there's something up with plastic bottles and plastic bottle caps. I don't know what. This might be the most vague conspiracy I've ever covered. But well, question number one. Why did it take so long to be able to recycle plastic bottles together? It had something to do with machinery, but that's a little weird. Two, why are we finding, why is it almost never the same amount of plastic bottles being found to plastic bottle caps? It should be within spitting distance. But we're talking about 1.5, over globally, 1.5 million plastic bottles and 822,000 plastic bottle caps. Where are the rest of those bottle caps going? Maybe you know. Maybe you know. Maybe you know, as I'm pointing directly at you. I'm now sitting up on the beach, soaking wet. You guys are just still sitting there, sitting around the beach, and as I'm pointing right at you. A darkness falls over the land. I'm not going to keep doing that voice. <laughs> These giant triangle spaceships poof, 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 appear over... Uh, grass and stuff. And with them comes the monsters. A quest has been unlocked or currently being developed. Yeah, And then the monsters will stop you. Can you unlock the secrets? Can you find the hidden civilization full of food and stuff? There's a horse and then like it's just not as bad as where you're going to start off? Then join the official Dead Rabbit Radio Minecraft server, completely open to the public now, until somebody totally graffitis it, and I have to reset stuff. But until then, join on the quest to defeat the giant, <laughs> the giant triangle ships I made. I mean, that it's descended from space. Find the hidden map. And then go to where all of the Patreon supporters have been building stuff. And it's basically a hidden civilization because it's not as gross and grody as where you will spawn. So join us. The link is in the show notes for the for the Minecraft server. Join us. Well, uh, there was an ad for our Minecraft server. So yes, come and join us. Come and join us until it gets trolled into oblivion. No, I have this button. I have this option, I guess. I hit it, and it'll revert the world back 24 hours or something like that. So if people go and just completely obliterate or just start trolling people, boop, they get banned, and then everything gets restored. So that's kind of cool. And yeah, I'm going to be on it after this episode. So you can get on and explain to me how recycling works and how mere differences of numbers does not a conspiracy make. But... Hey, man, if people can believe that trees are mountains or mountains are trees, I can believe that there's something up with bottles and bottle caps. So, Or we're both idiots. Let's go ahead and move on to our next story. Now, our next story comes from a little magazine known as UFO Roundup. Magazine might not be the right term. I think it's mostly a website. But On the last episode I talked about, I found a website that was UFO sightings from the year of 1988, which I thought was weird and kind of quaint. I was looking through them, and they didn't have a lot of info. The one last one is about a guy <laughs> trapped in a jar, and it was kind of cool. This one, I was able to find more info, and boy, did I find more info on this one. 
We're going to Moorhead, Minnesota. So let's drive off the beach. We're hopping the Jason Delapi. We're going to drive all the way from a nameless beach. As I'm drinking sodas and just throwing them out the car, one after another, glug, 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 throwing them out, and then I'll drive a mile and throw out the bottle cap. You're like, you are, you're the man. You're the shadow behind the conspiracy. I'm like, mwahaha. Glug, 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 throwing out. We get to Moorhead, Minnesota. It's March 1988, obviously. And I'm going to read you, there's going to be a lot of reading, because you really have to get the the intent behind the authors, really, in this case. So, in the 1988 website, we have this written. This is the summary. Quote, the witness, this young woman, the witness had returned to Hoyam Hall, the girls' dorm at Concordia College, from an early morning jog and was taking a shower. She soon noticed the shadow blocking the bathroom lights. Turning around, she saw a strange figure hovering above the shower door. The creature was described as greenish, scaly, and reptilian in appearance. The witness screamed and it apparently disappeared. Source, UFO Roundup, Volume 6, Number 2. It has, this has all the hallmarks of a creepy story. One... You're in the bathroom. It's always creepy in the bathroom. You're taking a shower. Reptilian, alien creature watching you shower. That's creepy. Has the hallmarks of a good story. Young woman. It's always a good bonus. Young college-age woman. And she's in the shower. So it had the hallmarks of a good story and a spooky story. And I was able to find out more. So I was like, yes. I found UFO Roundup, Volume 6, Number 2, online. And I began... I found a website that the person who wrote... The person who wrote the summary for this really didn't do the story justice. Like, what I just read you was what you would basically read in a police report. When you actually find UFO Roundup, Volume 6, Number 2, you find an author who loves the subject matter that he is writing about. Absolutely is in love with this story. So... When we go to UFO Roundup Volume 6, Number 2, which will, I think, go down in Dead Rabbit Radio history as being one of the steamiest things we've covered, no pun intended. Because apparently, at Concordia College in Moorhead, Minnesota, Hoyam Hall, the girl dormitory, there were multiple encounters of reptilian creatures and more. So let's look at what the UFO Roundup Volume 6, Number 2 actually says about this. Quote, in late January of 1986, freshman Amanda Flynn, now we have parentheses, all names have been changed to protect the lady's privacy. Why give her a last name? That's what I, that's one of the weird things about this. It makes me think that the author was kind of building a fantasy. Maybe these girls are based on, on chicks he knew in high school and college. Just Amanda. Amanda's fine. I don't need to know Flynn. I don't need to look her up on Facebook. And it's fake anyway, so I'm sure there's an Amanda Flynn somewhere in Minnesota. It's just weird. These probably are his exes. In, in, quote, in late January of 1986, freshman Amanda Flynn was in the bathroom, clad in her underwear, washing her hair in preparation for a date that night. Parentheses. A date with the author. I was totally, no, he didn't actually say that. But again, we already have a difference in tone. The first one was, Monster in the bedroom or bathroom. And then it was just fact, fact, fact. This guy is laying out a straight up fan fiction of... Now, apparently this stuff really happened. Like I said, there was multiple reports of reptilians in bathrooms around here. 
But there's a big difference between saying she was having a jogging ready for a shower and then clad in her underwear, washing her hair in preparation for a date that night. Here we go on. Amanda was leaning over the sink. Why was she washing her hair in the sink? Do people actually do that? I've seen that in movies. But she does. She is in the bathroom. There is a shower. But I guess, I mean, again, now you have a girl in her underwear, bent over, washing her hair. Here we go on. Amanda was leaning over the sink, scrubbing her shampoo-lathered hair with her fingers. Suddenly, she felt a thumb and forefinger pinch the elastic waistband of her panties. The chilly fingers pulled the waistband far back and let fly. Snap! I didn't add that sound effect. The author actually wrote snap. I have to remind you, this is UFO Roundup Volume 6, Number 2. This is not an Archie comic. People read this because they want to learn about creatures from another planet. But this is written as a level of like a porky spec script. Here we go. We're going to continue. Ow! Again, I'm not adding that sound effect in the UFO report. Ow! Looking at the mirror, Amanda saw a hooded and caped figure behind her, reflected in the mirror. The hood shadowed much of his face, revealing a gaunt, dark, green reptilian chin and thin, lipless mouth. The black cape hid much of his body, showing only a glimpse of a scaly chest. Amanda gasped out loud. <gasps> then she got angry, thinking it was probably some fraternity brother from Fargo. What school do you attend? Are you attending Galaxy High? At what point do you look up in the mirror and see a reptilian person and go, oh, those are those guys from Fargo, the fighting Fargo lizards. Oh, I know them. What point? Why would you even consider that that might be a guy? Anyways, she turns around. She's. I'm going to cut to the end of the chase. She turns around. She slaps the alien. Her hand passes through midair. And then it ends with the statement, there was no one behind her. And then the author doesn't say this, but we'll assume the author was thinking that this beautiful, what was her made-up name, Amanda Flynn, ran out of the room, screaming, arms flying in the air, revealing her beautiful bare skin. She runs into the author's arms, save me, save me from the aliens. Totally different way of talking about this stuff. And this goes on and on and on. He does go on to report, the author does go on to report, in 1988, Kathy Oberg was in the bathroom, and she decided to take a shower. And she, this is where he uses the, the term soaking herself beneath the steaming shower head. Dude, we get it. You want to bang these chicks. We get it. You don't have to go that far out. We understand. Anyways, that was the first story that was in that little UFO roundup. She came out and she saw the alien. The weird terminology hovering above the shower door. So how tall was this thing? Like, how would you hover above a shower door? Like, was he two inches tall and he was, like, right above the top of the door? Or was he, like, floating, like, horizontally? I don't get what that means. But anyways, and then this creature, um, she he disappears. So we already heard that story. In 1989, sophomore Nancy Peterson, fake name, she is sleeping in bed. Here's another story. All of these stories involve women barely dressed. Which makes me a little suspicious about this stuff. But she's going to bed and she feels... She goes to pull her blanket up and then the blanket gets pulled up for her. And she thinks it's her roommate. And who, do roommates tuck each other in? Like, I've had roommates before, but I've never been like, Good night, good night, Todd. I've never done that. 
But anyway, she thinks that the roommate's sucking her in, and then we get to this sentence in this great UFO Roundup, Volume 6, Number 2. But as her head nestled on the pillow, Nancy's eyes popped wide open. Hold it. Since when does Margie have only three fingers? She sits up in bed, and she sees a creature. I guess she was in a bunk bed, so like she looks and she sees the ladder at the end of the bed. She sees the creature peeking over the end of the bed. Have a nice sleep tonight as you're going to sleep and you imagine a little reptilian kind of peeking over your bed. As your three-fingered roommate uh, tucks you in. Sleep well. But anyways, so it goes on and on and on. And then there's some ghost story that also happened at Hoyam Hall. It's not really even a ghost story. This girl wakes up. And her roommate is walking around naked, except for thigh-high. The dude the dude writing this definitely wants to bang these girls. Like, j- just so we're all clear on this. Don't sue me. I'll say allegedly wants to bang these girls. But all of his stories involve women barely dressed. Barely, barely dressed. This one, the woman wakes up. Her roommate... <laughs> Her roommate is wearing thigh-high socks, not socks, thigh-high pantyhose, a choker, and opera gloves, and nothing else, and begins wandering around Hoyam Hall as the roommate follows her. Doesn't want to wake her up because she doesn't know what she's going to do. She's sleepwalking, and then finally her roommate wakes up, and she goes, oh my goodness, like I'm naked and I'm in the middle of public, and the friend puts a bathrobe on her. And then the stoke. So that's just a girl who's sleepwalking, right? A girl who the author wants to have sex with, who's sleepwalking. Fine, that's his made-up story. But then, I mean, it may have happened. But so that's that story. But then, why is that in UFO Roundup? That's what I was thinking too. So they had to add, i.e., make up this detail to make it paranormal. The roommate goes. The roommate turns to her naked friend. Well, now she's in a terry cloth robe monogrammed with the author's initials. Oh, my boyfriend gave this to me. Um, The roommate goes, it's so weird. Like, you're walking around dressed like that, you're sleepwalking, but how did you ever come into possession of opera gloves? Dun, dun, dun. So it's like the ghost, like a ghost or reptilian gave her opera gloves. Apparently she owns thigh-high stockings, thigh-high stockings. She was also wearing black uh, pumps. She was also wearing black high heels. So she owns a choker. She owns thigh-high fishnet stockings. She she owns black pumps. She doesn't own opera gloves. That's the mystery. Where'd she get the opera gloves from? So according to UFO Roundup Volume 6, Number 2, we are supposed to believe that there is a... There is supposed to be a... And I assume I'm kind of at a loss for words because even I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, so is the is the reptilian an alien? Is the reptilian a demon? The fact that it's wearing clothes makes me think it's an alien or it's wearing a cloak. It also could be a Scooby-Doo villain. It could be the author of this story. Everyone's like, man, where'd you get such good details? How were you able to tell what time it was on their clock? He's like, uh, uh, but... We don't know whether or not we'll, we'll assume these stories are true just because they're just because they're hilarious. We don't know if the reptilian is an alien visiting this college, which if it is, I mean, it's a much better gig than mutilating cows. If you think about it, if you're in an alien armada and you're trying to 
figure out like ways to invade Earth or whatever, do reptilian stuff. This one dude gets assigned to the anal probe division. This other guy gets involved in he his job is just mutilating cows all day long. And then you get assigned to Sector Gamma 9, which happens to be a girl's dormitory in the middle of Minnesota. Your job is to just appear behind them while they're the least clothed. I mean, that, I mean, um, reptilians may think human women are disgusting. And then in that case, they're like, oh man, I wish it was knee deep in a cow's rectum right now. But I'm going to assume that they think humans are beautiful as well. So he's digging his work. You got to love what you do. And then there's stories of like parent, just basic paranormal stuff. Their television's turning on and off. Girls hearing their names called out in the middle of the night. Suspiciously, suspiciously, the voice sounds similar to the to the author of this article. When he came to interview them, they're like, hmm, have you been here before? I know I recognize your voice. And he's like, no, no. He's hiding his black cloak and lizard mask behind his back. Is it possible? We'll, we'll assume that the author was not dressing up and per- perpetrating these crimes. Those were all jokes. They're all alleged. This is a comedy podcast. Let's. So that aside, that aside. There is that concept of high strangeness. There is that concept of the paranormal, meaning both UFOs and Bigfoot and ghosts and stuff like that. If this school is some sort of vector for those type of things, it would make sense that you would have reptilian sightings and then like basic televisions turning on and off, cold cold spots and things like that. It brings up the interesting question is, what if almost every haunted house actually has a reptilian or some other thing in it? When we talk about haunted graveyards and haunted forests and haunted asylums, those things are creepy in and of themselves. But what if behind those darkened corners, there's things that are more sinister, more intelligent? A ghost is always just kind of a thing that floats around. The worst it could do is kind of like scare you or knock a pan over, push you. And then if a demon, you know, could possess you or possess someone you love, those things are horrible too. But an alien in a haunted house would have to be one of the most terrifying things because now you're not simply facing down a dead human, you're facing down a living alien of a superior intellect from a world that is not your own. But it does make you think, the next time you're in a supposed haunted house, the next time someone tells you a story about a ghost lurking around the corner, or a little girl that haunts the hallway of your apartment complex, you may laugh, you may get scared, but then you may have to think that that manifestation of a ghost is actually the byproduct of something else warping our reality. That something else could be an alien presence who's more sinister than the human mind could ever imagine. If you have to have your choice between being trapped in a haunted house with the spirit of a man who's trying to move on to the other side, or being trapped in the house with an alien beyond our comprehension sent here to gather intelligence on what it means to be human. You may choose the ghost, you may choose the alien, but in reality, you may not have a choice. Both may come together part and parcel. And if that is the case, there's no such thing as just an ordinary haunting. There's no such thing as a friendly spirit. Because while you're trying to pay attention to the wrappings, while you're trying to make peace with the ghost in your cupboard, you should know that an alien intelligence could be watching you. Watching you while you undress. 
deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. But I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Bye.